We not only want to hear the word, we want to do it. We want to live by it. It is our meat, and it is our meat today that, upon which we're going to feed. Jesus is that bread of life, amen, and he gives us his word. I want you, if you would, to turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. I want to read just one verse. You'll understand where this, this passage. But Luke 24, verse 21. This is Jesus on the Emmaus Road on resurrection morning. He's walking, and two of his disciples are walking on this trek to Emmaus, and they don't recognize Jesus. He's, their eyes are withheld. There's, he's in some form or fashion that they don't recognize him as being the resurrected Lord. This is resurrection morning, and Jesus joins himself with these two men, two of his disciples, and he says, why are you so sad? And they said, are you new, new around here? Uh, you haven't heard about Jesus, uh, a man mighty in word and deed and so forth. In verse 21, but we trusted. This has always uh, made an impression on me that it's past tense. We trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. They saw him crucified, amen? They saw him crucified and laid in a grave. We trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. All I wanted to glean from that scripture this morning is the purpose of, of saying they trusted in the, in the past tense. They had trusted that it had been Jesus which would be the redeemer of Israel. And now they're not quite so sure. Or maybe they, their, their hopes have, have vanished or faded. Certainly we could say that that would be fair to say. And I want to talk to you this morning. Just Dean, I'm going to tell you how the Lord kind of gave me this, this message. Early in the week, uh, we were talking. And Dee stays in uh, communication with Candace uh, Malcolmson over in Ireland, our friend, pastor's wife, friend over there who's um, body is eaten up with cancer. Her lungs are having to be drained from fluid every every day now, practically, and a lot of pain. And she's continuing to glorify God. And I was thinking, you know, it's still not too late for the Lord to heal. It's not too late for the Lord to heal. He wants us to believe that it's not. I'm not saying that she's going to be healed. I'm praying for her healing. My point is to believe that it's not too late. We all get our hopes dashed. We think there's some point where he crossed the line and it's too far gone now. You know, it's too far gone now. So whatever hope I had is now out the window. And these disciples, I'm not saying that they ceased to believe. Okay, and their faith was very much going to be encouraged because in the end of this evening when they were walking with the Lord, in the breaking of the bread, their eyes were going to be open. They're going to realize it was Jesus. They're going to say our hearts burned within us as we walked along the way and expounded the scriptures to us. He was not going to leave them in that state of disappointment and discouragement or hopelessness, but we all find ourselves there. And I pray that in this word, in this message today, that our hopes would be uh, maybe there's things you've hoped for in your life that you've kind of said, well, I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen now. Other things maybe, but not this. And we, we, we think it's too late. And I just want to make the pro proclamation, I believe, biblically from the word of God, that it's never too late for our God to work. 
It's never too late for our God to move. It's never too late for our God to heal. It's never too late for our God to deliver. It's never too late for our God to save or to convict or to speak into a situation or to forgive sins or to establish what he wants to establish in our lives or in the, on the earth. It's never too late for our God to help. Amen. So if you leave with one thought, I could say amen and close the Bible right now. I'm not, but we could do that and say uh, hallelujah. It's, it's never too late for our God to show up. Amen. They were walking. It was late in the evening. These two disciples, it was the third day. They had heard a report that Jesus was risen from the dead. They saw the empty tomb, but him they saw not. And so they're just kind of up and down to their minds and thoughts. It did not turn out like they thought it would. Uh, and they didn't understand spiritually that he had to die and rise again and ascend. And that he's coming back again. And so, but this evening, their eyes, their, this evening that Jesus was with these disciples, their eyes were going to be open. He showed up. Amen. He showed up. And I know you've heard the little phrase before that he's an on-time God. Amen. He's an on-time God. He may not come when you want him to, but he'll show up just on time. His time. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. Amen. It's in the fullness of time according to his wisdom and providence, like we heard the word this morning in Sunday school. And he always shows up and he wants us to be encouraged. David said, show thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand, them which put their trust in thee. He saves those that put their trust in, in him. He doesn't save some of them that put their trust in him. So if you're, and I don't believe it's just salvation from sin, although that's the main thing for sure, but he saves those that put their trust in him and believe in him and serve him. And God wants us to wait upon him, amen? He wants us to wait upon him. And that's one of the hardest things we could ever learn is to wait on anything that we want. Candace is in pain over in Northern Ireland. It's hard to wait, amen? She's either going to be healed or the Lord's going to call her home and she's going to have a glorified body one day. But the pain's going to end and the Lord wants her to wait on him. The Lord wants her to wait on him. And so we don't wait just like we're wringing our hands and fretting and miserable, like you're stuck in traffic. God wants us to wait on him with a great expectation because he is a healer, because he is a savior, a deliverer that he shows up on time. He saves them that put their trust in him. O thou that save us by thine own right hand. Amen. That put their trust in him. He wants us to wait with a confidence knowing that God is going to deliver. He's going to heal. And I say this all the time. It's not a cop out. It's the, the truth. Even death is a deliverance for the people of God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so if things don't turn out exactly like we want, we're still going to be delivered. Amen. We're going to be delivered. But God does deliver in this life as well. We see it all through the scriptures, and we can testify in our own lives the faithfulness of the Lord to deliver. He will not fail, and he cannot fail. So we, if we just want to hang on to some truths, this is so, so unlike men or the best of men, right? Vain is the help of man, the Bible says. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we're going to remember the name of the Lord our God. He will not fail, and he will not fail you. Put your total trust in him and just keep walking with him. Despite what you see and feel, put your trust in the Lord. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. He will not forsake his people that he's 
purchased with his own blood. We are precious to the Lord, and the Bible describes him as being our friend who sticks closer than a brother. He is our companion. The Holy Spirit is a comforter and companion. He is our Savior. He is our helper. Christ is our brother. God the Father is our Father, and we can call him that. So don't ever lose hope in the Lord, no matter what somebody tells you, no matter what you tell yourself, no matter what, uh, how long your trial is and how long you've been waiting for an answered prayer, no matter how hot the fire or the trial is that you're in right now. Those are not the determining factors of God's faithfulness and his faithfulness to you. Don't ever think that God can't help you. Amen. I'm going to tell you what David said. He was up and down, but he trusted, consistently he trusted the Lord. But he had moments, we all do, where fear smites our heart. Uh, something catches us off guard. We don't understand something. We don't like something. We fail. We take our eyes off the Lord, yet he's our rock. Amen. He's our firm foundation. David said, many there be which say of my soul. There is no help for him, for David. They're saying, there's no help for David in God. And he says, Selah, think on this. People tell us that. The world's telling us right now we're, we're fools for trusting in the God of this old Bible here, these 66 books of the Bible and that God. You're, you're fools, the world says. The people tell us that there's no help for us in God. And sometimes our flesh agrees with them. Sometimes we tell ourselves, and we wouldn't say it out loud, but we might think it to ourselves I don't, I don't think God's going to help me in this. I think I'm on my own in this. But don't ever lose hope in the Lord. Don't ever think that it's too late for your God or our God to help us. I just want to quote this scripture. It's one of my favorites. Uh, <clears throat> Buck was talking this, this morning in Sunday school. What has God given us that we would be fruitful? What more could be done for the fig tree or for the vine in the vineyard, that it would produce fruit. One of the things he's given us is his word, and his word encourages us. That's why we come together often, not just once every now and then. That's why we daily read the word of God and we study it, because that's faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have to. If we neglect it, we're still a Christian, but we're going to be staggering. We're going to be weak. Where our eyes are off the Lord. He's, he's given us his word and the Holy Spirit to be our teacher, to guide us into all truth. So I pray a lot of scriptures. I'm sure you made it as well, but I pray scriptures back to God. He wrote it. He gave it. But I give it back to him and I say, Lord, you said. You said. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Wherefore, we not, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the seas, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled. He says we're not going to fear. A very present help in trouble. And so I looked at that word present. You think, well, that's not a word you really need to look up. But I wanted to see, uh, to expound on it. He's a very present help when? In trouble. In trouble. That could be little troubles, medium-sized troubles huge troubles in our lives or in our country or in the world. He's a very present help. That means to appear, to come forth, to deliver. This is what the word present means. To be enough, to be here, to light upon or like land upon, to meet with, to be ready, to speed, suffice. So all of that means he's a very present help in trouble. 
he speeds. Uh, he, may, he may delay, but when he comes, he comes quickly, if that makes sense. He may delay. It was three days Jesus was in the grave. He wasn't three seconds in the grave. He delayed three days because that was his will. And, but when he rose, he rose suddenly. You understand what I'm saying? So he speeds. He is enough. To be enough was one of the definitions. To come forth, to deliver. That is our God. That is the God of the Bible. We think it's too late. In some certain circumstance, some things God answers and blesses, and we probably forget most of those blessings of the Lord and just keep rolling. We remember the things that aren't answered, that aren't done yet, right? My child's still not saved. This still hasn't happened. And that's all we think about. We think sometimes it's too late now, but it's not too late. I'm saying if it's the will of God and it's something he determines to do, it's not too late not for our God. Perhaps we think it's too late, and, and I'm speaking as just a human being. Sometimes we think it's too late for God to move now, uh, or the opportunity is past or over, because we can't do it, and we can't figure it out. Somehow we think God can't do it. I can't do it. I don't know the answer. I can't figure it out. I've got a consensus of a lot of wonderful Christians. We can't figure it out. They can't figure it out how to do it. So therefore, God can't do it. That's sometimes how we reason. And again, I don't know that we would ever say those words, but in our hearts, we may give up hope because we can't do it and we can't figure it out. So we think God can't do it. And we, we, we think it's too hard, too hopeless, and that the Lord can't do it. But it's not too late for Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come and to move and to help us. It's not. The Bible says in Malachi, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up in the, as the calves of the stall. He's Son of Righteousness shall arise. There were, there, the Jewish people and the, the Jewish nation was waiting on a Messiah a long time. But the Bible says that he came, came to the temple suddenly. The Lord who you delight in will come suddenly into his temple. Amen? And so they waited and they waited and they waited. And some lost hope and some lost faith. And some never had faith. And, they, and here he comes and most missed him. But he came just like he promised he would come. He came right on time. It was exact the time that Jesus should have been born in a manger. And so he will appear. Don't think that it's too late for our God to help us. Amen? He is a very present help in trouble. I'm going to just give some scenarios here. We may say, we may say, as Christians, this relationship is over. With my son, with my daughter, with my father, it's over. There's no help for it. God can't even help this relationship. The things that have been spoken between us, the hurtful things that have been said, the years that have passed, the time that has passed, uh, this, this relationship will never be what it was supposed to be or could have been. We say that. We might say it of a marriage. This marriage is beyond repair. The hurtful things that have been spoken. The time that has passed. But the Bible says that God can send rivers to the desert. You can't send rivers to the desert. Get all the people together, we can't do it. But God sends rivers to the desert. We put a period where God is not finished yet. Amen. We determine it's too late. And God hasn't said it's too late. We might say... Uh, I've wasted my life. You know, I thought that I really didn't commit my life to Christ till I was uh, finishing up my last semester at LSU, like really commit fully to the Lord. And I thought, how much time I've wasted? And we think, 
it's kind of over. You know, it's kind of over when we, the light bulb comes on and we see I should be living for God and for the glory of God and how wonderful it is. And we say, I've wasted my life. I can't, God can't fulfill his purpose in my life now. And or we say that it's, it's too late. That last doctor's report, I had hope up until now, but that last doctor's report just kind of closed the door. And the, the doctor, doctors can offer no help or no hope. And we say that it's over. I can't be healed now. We might say for our country, it's too far gone. It's too far gone. Who determines if it's too far gone? Do we? Certainly our iniquities have gone over our head, like Isaiah said. Uh, the church is not really, for the most part, standing up to be what the church is. Certainly the lost people are being very good at being lost. We're seeing the spirit of Antichrist. We're seeing people in high positions and powers that, that are not of Christ and not even a God-fearing at all. And the, and the moral climate turned to a place that we've never seen before. And we say, the wicked have seized control. It's too far gone now. There's no hope for us. There's no hope for righteousness to be established. There's no hope for a turning to Jesus. There's no hope for a true Holy Ghost revival. We say that. David said this, it is time for thee, O Lord, to work. For they have made void thy law. I would say that's pretty much where we are right now in our country. We might say, I'm too old to serve God now. We might say, uh, you know, I'll never get married. I've waited for a spouse for a long time and none, none's come onto the scene. <clears throat> we might say, uh, you know, I'll never receive uh, the fullness of God's spirit. I prayed too long for that and not received it. We might say like these two on the Emmaus road, we had trusted. We had trusted that that he was going to be. And they're just scratching their heads and wondering. And Jesus said they were sad. Okay. They were sad. And so we think it's over. And we decide that it's over. And I think that's sinful. Because whatever's not a faith is sin. If God told us it's over. Or I'm not going to heal you. Or I'm not, you know, whatever. I'm turning this country over. Then that's one thing. But if we just decide it because of what we see. And what we feel and how long we've prayed. I believe that that's uh, not at all trust in the Lord. Did God tell you it was over? Did, in your circumstance, your situation, the thing you've been praying for and asking God for. Did God come to you and say, it's over, give up on it, stop believing for it, stop believing me for it? Or did we just say, it's too far gone? We determine it's too late. And, you know, I begin to think Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I will maintain my integrity before the Lord. And Job had his doubts and everything else, but he was sure about that. Amen. He, he says, if, he, if this God that I serve and worship and pray to and have entrusted myself to kills me, if he, my God, kills me, if he slays me, I'm still going to trust him. And I want to say this this morning, y'all, this, this one thought that I want to die believing. I'm speaking about myself personally, and I know God wants us to. I want to live believing. I want to pray believing. I want to die believing. If, if your body's not healed or my body's not healed, I still want to die believing that he's a healer. Why? Because he is. Because his words forever settle in heaven. 
He says, by whose stripes we were healed. And he is our healer, Jehovah Rapha. I want to die believing that we will be healed. Amen. Jesus said to the church in Philippi, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. openeth. So do we close the door and say it's over and God can't do this? No, we ought to let God. If he says it's over and it's some specific thing, then amen to that. But if he hasn't closed it and we have just given up, that's another story. We need to ask God to strengthen our faith. Amen. I want to die believing that my brother is lost. But you know what? As of today, doesn't know the Lord. But I want to live and pray and die if need be, believing that he will be. It's, there's no point in there where I want to stop believing. Well, it's too far gone. And look, look at his lifestyle now and look where he is now and look how he, he's rejected the, the few times I've gotten to share the gospel with him. And every time he's more adamant in his rejection, I still want to pray and believe that he is going to give his life to Christ. I don't want to change in that. And God doesn't want me to change in that or you to change in that. You know why? Because he's the savior of the world. He came to seek and save the lost. He will have all men to be saved and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and come to the truth. If repentance and revival has not yet come to, the, to America, which it hasn't, I want to die believing for it. I know that ultimately we're going to go into, a, a, not us, but the world's going to go into a seven-year tribulation period and, and, and so forth. I know that there's going to be a, a falling away, the Bible says, but it does not say that there can't be a lot of people saved just prior to that. Maybe just for a little moment, for a little space of a few months or weeks or years, whatever. And so I want to pray for that. Amen. And we, we don't want to do it, as I said, based on what I see or think or feel, but based on the word of Almighty God, based on him, his character, his nature, his promises. Amen. His power, his authority, his goodness. I want you to turn just quickly to uh, John chapter 11. <clears throat> John chapter 11. We're all very familiar with this account, so I'm not going to read all of it. But I want to skip around and read a little bit of John chapter 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha, verse 3. Therefore, sisters sent unto him, unto Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Verse 6. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Well, why didn't he do that? He's sick, and, and you love him, and he did love him. And he just sat tight. Jesus just sat where he was in the same place for two days. Verse 14. Then said Jesus unto them, to his disciples that were with him, he's still not where Lazarus is. He said unto them, Lazarus is dead. Verse 21. So Jesus goes and he's gonna, now he's going to go. And the people are mourning at the tomb. He's been dead four days. And Martha gets word that Jesus is coming. She kind of meets him on the outskirts of town or somewhere not right at the grave site. And, the Lord, and she, she says... Then said Martha, verse 21, unto Jesus, this is Lazarus' sister, Lord, if thou hadst been here, past tense, my brother had not died. But here we see 
faith. But I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Verse 25. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. So she makes a profession of faith. And she says, Yea, I believe that thou art the Christ. And I believe this, y'all. I believe God wants us to believe that. Okay? Because if we can believe that he is the Christ, the Son of God, the Savior that should come to the world, that it's him and nobody else but him, by himself, solely and wholly, the Lord Jesus Christ, then he, he, can, he can cause us and, and give us faith to believe him for these other things that he reveals himself to be in his word. We have to believe that. Okay? She didn't know that her brother was going to be raised in a matter of moments. She did believe that Jesus was the Christ the Son of the living God, she believed that. Yea, I believe. He said, I'm the resurrection, I'm the life. He that believeth in me shall never die, and so forth. She says, yea, I believe. Do you believe this, Martha? Yeah, I believe. You're the Christ. He, she believed that. And when we can believe that, it is necessary for us to believe that first. Because if we believe that about who Jesus is first, then we can believe him for everything he says. Because he's not a liar. I believe you are the Lord, the Son of God, the eternal Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, the Christ. Then I can also believe everything that that man or that God has spoken and everything he says. So if we believe who he is, we can believe that he is faithful to be who he is and what he has promised to us to be. So she makes this profession. The Lord wants us to believe that. He wants us to believe that he is the God of the impossible. He wants us to believe that he's almighty God. He wants us to believe that he's a God of miracles. He shows himself to be that. And who are we to all of a sudden, disc, we get into this modern scientific age that we're in, post-Christian age and so forth. So now all of a sudden we stop believing he's a God of miracles. Because somebody in a, a seminary or somebody in a Christian, that puts books out in a Christian bookstore, or somebody that stands behind a pulpit or a scientist in a, in a Christian sciences debate, somebody tells us that this is a bunch of foolishness and that God doesn't still do miracles, and so we believe that. God wants us to believe him, amen? Those things don't determine who our God is and what he can do. All things are possible to him who believes, the Bible says, and he wants us to believe him. He wants to prove himself to be both Lord and Christ. He wants to, uh, to prove himself to us that he is the God of miracles. All those that trust him, the great and small and young and old, he proves himself to be everything that he says to be in his word. You find me one thing in the word of God where God is not or has not proven himself to be that. In other words, everything he says here, he is. Everything he says he can do, he can do. I don't always know his perfect will or what he's going to do in a particular circumstance or situation. I know from the real word of God how it's all going to end up, hallelujah, and what he's going to do. But he wants us to trust him. And, and he says to, to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. So guess what? He is going to resurrect someone in just a moment. 
And he says a few verses later, Lazarus, come forth. He proves himself to be what he promised to be. Martha said, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. But then she also says, even now, Lord, I believe whatever you say, you can do and will come to pass. Lazarus come forth and he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And the Lord says, loose him and let him go. It looked like it was way too late, right? His body was decaying. Jesus was in the grave three days, Lazarus four days. Amen. And I began to ask this question. I'm going to close with this, this kind of thought. Why, Lord, why didn't you just heal Lazarus before he died? You might have asked a question like that, maybe not about this passage of Scripture, but something else. Lord, why didn't you, you, you can do anything, why did you let them go through all of that and mourning four days and weeping? They loved their brother and the disappointment, like, Lord, the Lord let us down. He could have healed them and he didn't. Um, why, why did you not heal when you first heard Lazarus was sick? Why didn't you heal him before he died? I kept asking questions. Why, Lord, didn't you deliver Daniel before he was thrown in the lion's den? I know you shut the mouths of the lions and protected him, but why didn't you turn it around he didn't have, and he wouldn't have to have been thrown in there? Why didn't you deliver the three Hebrew boys before they were thrown in the fiery furnace? Why didn't the Lord deliver the Jews in, in Mordecai's day from the king of Persia and from Haman that every Jew was going to be destroyed on one specific, specific calendar day before the decree was written and signed by the king and sealed by the king Hazarus' seal and sent to every providence in the kingdom. Why didn't the Lord turn that around before that ever happened? Why didn't, keep, why didn't the Lord keep Peter from being thrown in prison for preaching the gospel? And, and then he ended up, you know, waking him up at night and an angel woke him up and why didn't the Lord deliver Paul and Silas from prison before that midnight when they were already beat and bound in the inner part of the prison? And I even thought about Eutychus. Yeah, I might not Eutychus. This is a good Bible trivia. He's the young man that was listening to Paul preach late in the night, and he was sitting up in the second-story loft, and he fell out the window. He fell asleep, you know, because pre- Peter preached all night to the, to the morning, he fell out dead. He fell out and asleep and hit the ground and died. And they took him up for dead. And the, Paul says, don't trouble yourself. His life's still in him. And, and he raised him. And so, but why didn't the Lord just wake him up and keep him from falling out the window? And we could go on and on for these questions. with these questions. You could fill in your own life. You could put things in there. Why did the Lord get, let me go through all this and then after that much time do this? And the simple answer is for the glory of God for the glory of God what would be more glorying to the Lord to heal a sick man which he healed plenty and still heals him today or to raise somebody whose body is decaying who's sealed up behind a tomb that he could have healed before Jesus said in verse 40 if you're still in John 11 Jesus saith unto her this is Martha and Mary right here said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe thou shouldest see the glory of God He wants to show his glory to those who believe. He wants to show his glory in your life. 
You're no different than Mary or Martha, and I'm no different than Mary and Martha. We believe, and then we doubt, and then we believe, and then God's all along the way. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, he's strengthening our faith. He wants us to believe for the impossible, to believe him for the impossible. Not just, oh, I believe miracles happen. No, he's the God of miracles. He wants us to trust him to do that. He wants to show himself strong to men, and he wants to show himself strong on behalf of men and before men openly. He wants to show himself strong, and he's doing that now because he's at the right end of the Father. He wants to do it through your life, and he wants to do it for your life. And he wants to do it where people see, where lost people see and saved people see what God did that was impossible. Everybody, if we had a chance right now, we don't have the time for it right now. We'll do it sometime. Get up and testify of some miracle God has done for you. And, and you say, this was impossible. William, when he was born uh, in the hospital, had a hole in his heart the size of a, of a quarter. We couldn't go home from the hospital the first day or so because of that. They got a cardiologist, uh, ch children's cardiologist in there, looked at it and said, yeah, there's nothing we can do about this. Uh, scratched his head and said we wanted to see a, a specialist in two months. And so two months later, the, we bring him back to the hospital. It's the heart ca cardiologist from uh, Tulane comes, and he's got the original x-ray from the day he was born. He's got an x-ray from two months later that particular day. We had called everybody we knew that was a Christian and said, would you please pray that God would heal William's heart? He said, he'll never be athletic. He'll never be able to do this. And all these things he'll never be able to do. Here's the first x-ray, a hole in his heart. Here's the second x-ray two months later, no hole in his heart, totally healed and, and closed up. And he's just sitting there scratching his head and doesn't know what to say about it. Well, I don't know what to say. Sometimes these kind of things happen. You know, he didn't know what to say, but we knew. We said, glory to God. Why wouldn't he just born without a hole in his heart? For the glory of God. For the glory of God. We all have things that we can testify. And the Lord's. it's never too late for the Lord to, to move. It's never too late for the Lord to work. D, you can come on up. It's never too late for God to fulfill his promise. You might think your life, I've wasted so much of my life in the world. Uh, even as a Christian, I might have piddled around and not really been dedicated to the Lord. And we say, that's over. That's just too late and can't happen. God, don't limit the Lord. Don't limit the Lord. If he tells you it's over, then that's one thing. We accept his will, and we ask for the grace to, to bear whatever it is. But if he hasn't told you it's over, then keep trusting him for it. If it's something good and godly and holy, and, and that we know, like, like my brother being saved, for example, it's never too late for God to show up, and it's never too late for God to heal you and to deliver and to help you. Amen? And the altar's open. Y'all stand. And, and I just want to read one more scripture as you're standing. The Lord says, and I know it might have been a little shorter than normal, but the, I pray you would take some time at the altar. The, the Lord says in Psalm 50, verse 15, call upon me in the day of trouble. Anybody in here got in a day of trouble? If you don't think we're in trouble as a country, then, then you, we need our eyes open. If nothing else, call upon the Lord for our country. Amen. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. He wants to do it for his glory. And we ought to be quick and, and happy 
to give the glory back to the Lord. Amen. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Oh, God, I want to ask personally that you forgive me, God, and forgive us as a people where we have closed the door or we have said it's over or we have said it's too late and you never told us that. We just quit believing because so much time has passed and we haven't seen the prayer answered. God, would you give us the faith to believe you are who you say in your word you are. You can do what you say in your word you can do. And Father, we pray that you would give us the faith this morning in this house, that our faith would be strengthened to trust you. Said I not unto thee that if thou shouldest believe, thou would see the glory of God. Lord, you are looking to show yourself strong on behalf of them that, that trust you. And God, we trust you. Forgive us when we've doubted. Forgive us when we've given up on you. We couldn't do it, so we figured you couldn't do it. We didn't know the answer, so we figured you didn't know the answer. God, forgive us and help us. I pray you'd strengthen our faith in the living God, in the almighty God, by the word that we've heard and by your word in general. God, strengthen our faith in you. Meet with these at the altar, God, and give us the faith to believe you, Lord. And in turn, God, we're quick to give you the glory. We're quick to say thank you and to, to boldly proclaim Christ as Savior and Lord. 